funneling <laughs> that yeah. those things through that route so that I'm not because I will slow it down. I'm the I'm yeah. one of the worst people in the business to touch stuff. Like if you know if I'm responsible for responding to customer queries or whatever, I'm going to be the slowest person to do it because ultimately as a business leader the demand is on my time and whatever your role is you know as a project manager program manager whatever like ultimately that's the game is increasing the value of your time and being able to um either outsource delegate automate hand over things to other people and you kind of have to play that loop so yeah it's it's an interesting one i love your points around like what you can do around automating things in your email and i think for so many people that that's that's the answer Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 4th of June, 2023. This is your host, Nigel Creaser, and today I've got part two of my chat with Alexis Kingsbury, the business process man. Speak soon. I think it's it really echoes a lot of the things that I've always kind of tried to I try to talk to other people about and, and I'm, I, I actually that the, the fact that you're saying there you get the joy out of seeing someone sort them sort some things out and I, I remember showing a client of mine because I took whenever the, the key thing I say about the me not reading copied emails is I tell people that I don't read them <laughs> I say I'm not going to read it I might reference it later but don't expect me to read it if you copy me if you want me to read it send it me and and I, and I helped her set up that same rule uh, on on her because we talked about it and then kind of set it up on hers and she had I don't know how many thousands of emails in her inbox unread or whatever and pressed the button and it started and she saw all these unread the number going down click 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 and three hundred four hundred whatever the number was a big number of emails disappeared and she's like wow that you could see a weight starting to lift off often because. That was 400 they didn't have to worry about. And and we all do it, and we shouldn't, but email does still, and we, I think it will be a long time before it changes from that. It will still drive a lot of anxiety, drive a lot of the communication, drive a lot of our... Because um, it's interesting, you see lots and lots of uh, instant message or um, sort of like you know, Yammer-type communications that are always followed up by a, a weekly email to tell you what was on there. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's I, still oh, the horrendous amount of noise. Yeah, I, I yeah. completely agree. It's uh, managing that communication flow is really, really important. Like for your own energy and being able to yeah. do it. That's why I say, like, often my aim is anything that's important shouldn't be coming to me. Which it sounds like a really odd thing to say. Like. But I'm basically saying, yeah, invoices, timesheets, payroll, that should all be going to finance. Requests for me to appear on stuff, marketing opportunities, that's all going to marketing. Cust- new potential customers, opportunities to work people, that's all going to sales. Support questions, customer success, that's all going to my support team. Like To some extent, my job is about working out who else is going to do stuff. So I'll tell you now, and in fact, um, I a friend... Uh, we were joking about the fact that, you know, like, you know, uh, I think a WhatsApp group that we were part of had got like 600 unread messages in it. Um, and I said, yeah, it's like, it's fine. I'm okay with ignoring it because at yeah. some point someone will 
at me if if I need to do something. And they said, oh, uh, I hate to see what your email account is. And I showed them and there was an audible gasp and they were trying to guess in the in the car or in a taxi off to a golf game. Um, they're trying to guess how many and I invite, your, I invite you and listeners to play the same game. How many unread emails were in Alexis's email inbox at that point? So you need to yeah, write this so. down, everybody. I'm going to guess at three. Three unread emails. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a very brave go. No, you are, you are out by orders of magnitude. The answer at the time was 145,000 plus something, something, something. So uh, I wasn't sure right whether you now. would have marked all of them as unread automatically. No, no, I, I don't even bother. It's, um, I skim read and most get ignored because yeah. I get a lot of email. Like it's, it's not the best way of communicating no. with me. And most, as I say, most of the stuff that comes to me is either unsolicited stuff or, you know, stuff that I've had to sign up for with because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm able to skim read and see if there is anything that stands out as important, but most of the time it's not. And, um, and stuff, you know, I get chased if, if it, is, it does matter. But most of the stuff, I have team members that are responsible for it. So I don't. I don't feel that same anxiety that other people would yeah. when they're looking at that number. Because, you know, I have some people say, oh, but why don't you click in it and unsubscribe and so on? It's like, why would I spend, why would I waste my time even doing that? Like, I'm not, you know, there's so much of that funny, kind it's... of stuff, solicited, unsolicited, yeah. that it's, it's not even worth my time doing that. Instead, the game I'm playing really is what's important that's in here that therefore, you know, that either takes up my time or whatever, that genuinely I need to either need or want to spend my time on. And as a result, how do I get that managed through a more efficient medium? And yeah. so that's kind of the game through through processes. Like, you know, your my everything process, like if there isn't a process and it exists for something, then the answer is I have to work it out. You raise it with me in a meeting or I get some message and I have to work it out and I come up with an answer. That is the least efficient process <laughs> for yeah. how I do it. But it's how I deal with everything that doesn't already have a process. Like an invoice that needs payment, there's a process. A customer that's interested in working with us, they rain, you know, they either go and download our brochure at airmanual.link forward slash discover, or if they want a call with us, then you change that last bit to forward slash discover. And then we have various like resources like ebooks on AI and all these sort of things. I know the URLs off by heart because I'm essentially funneling <laughs> that yeah. those things through that route so that I'm not, because I will slow it down. I'm, the, I'm yeah. one of the worst people in the business to touch stuff. Like if, you know, if I'm responsible for responding to customer queries or whatever, I'm going to be the slowest person to do it because ultimately as a business leader, the demand is on my time and whatever your role is, you know, as a project manager, program manager, whatever, like, Ultimately, that's the game is increasing the value of your time and being able to um, either outsource, delegate, automate, hand over things to other people. And you kind of have to play that loop. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I, lo- I love your points around like what you can do around automating things in your email. And I think for so many people that that's that's the answer. And of course, as you say, like when you're talking about the transcription, the AI stuff, um, is is huge. You mentioned you know using Otter, Otter AI and there's you know other functionality that's come along. I used like Descript, even Riverside that yeah. we're using for this podcast recording now yeah, has transcription in, in it. You know you can use you can use tools like ChatGPT to 
to then take that transcription and sort out a load of the editing that you mentioned. You know, rather than have to edit it yourself, you could say, you know, here's common terms that I use that transcription often gets wrong, such as my company name, Air Manual, or my name, you know, here's my name, whatever, and then go, right, here's a transcription, now write it into a, tran a proper transcript, and it'll, it'll do it all right and lay it out correctly yeah. and so on. And that is ultimately, yes, there's a bit of thinking up front there to, to document that as a process and work out, okay, first I do this, then I do this, then I pump this. But now you've got something you can improve over time and you can pass to other people. Like, it's, yeah, it's game-changing when, when you start doing that through various activities. Because once you start to get the benefit, it's, yeah, it, it, it's addictive. You start to realize, oh, wait, hang on, I've just saved a day or two days of my time by investing this small amount and you keep on just playing that game, right? Yeah, I just, I, I get so frustrated with wait time. That's the thing that bugs the hell out of me because yeah. there's so much in processes where the work is done, mm. it's the time to get it through the next bit of a, whether it's an approval, whether it's a notification type thing, whether yeah. it's a having to manually go and check like we've got things we've had things before when the organizations have been with these where you've had um something come to you but the for whatever reason never thought about it it's on a, it's uploaded onto a sharepoint site great so in order to find out if your po's come in or whatever it was you have to go on that sharepoint site you have to go, yeah. go on there and you go on there and, and, and you're waiting for it and then you go there and then it doesn't automatically refresh. So you have to press F5 to refresh the screen every 14 seconds. And that's what you spend that day doing because you need that yeah. PO because you need to get stuff. And then, and then they're just looking at the power automate stuff within Microsoft and went, what's that? Let's have a read. Let's have a look. Oh, oh, I can set up a thing, a rule that says this, 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 yeah. this, this, and send me an email when, or a message. When a file appears here, it sends me an notification. Yeah, with yeah. these criteria. And then I was like, yeah. oh, that's it, done. It was a bit, yeah. well, my coding skills aren't the greatest. It was a bit Heath Robinson and probably could have been cleaner and a bit of manual stuff in there. So you could you could yeah. have improved it later, but it just meant that I could do it. And, we, and, and then I've seen that evolve into other situations. But just little things like that, I just, uh, for, I, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know where I get it from or how, but sometimes I'll be there going out. If I'm doing stuff in the kitchen, maybe, and it's like I'm making a cup of coffee, making something to eat, tidying away something, I kind of find myself trying to go around the kitchen in the most efficient way to try yeah. and multitask it if I can. So if I'm carrying something one way, I want to be carrying something back the other way. Yeah. Maybe I'm just, there's something just wrong with me on that. But that's what no, kind I, of makes I think that. I think I think that's pretty pretty normal, or at least it's certainly what I do. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's weird. Sometimes you're thinking about doing something efficient; it's going to save you 14 seconds or whatever. But just that natural looking for those opportunities, and I think I think with and maybe that's again it's the project management about there. What's the critical path? Mm, that's what I'm looking at. What's the critical path to make my cup of tea? Isn't it? It's yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> result reducing all those that that's probably true. And I yeah. suppose uh, similar with me with my sort of background of management consulting, working on improving processes and so on, similar thing, right? It's yeah. always looking for where can I eke this out and and improve it, um, and yet we might do it on a cup of tea and then spend <laughs> four hours. <laughs> editing yeah. a podcast or whatever and then go yeah. wait why have i done that and i think that's the um that's the kicker right it's it's overcoming those mental those mental barriers to kind of do it but i think also yeah. 
you know, you highlight a really interesting point around like the technology side is that I feel like a lot of the technology sort of plateaued for a few years in terms of what was possible, like, or at least the user interface for a lot of technology improved a lot over probably a decade, but actually the nuts and bolts underneath it didn't change that much. And now we've had a fundamental shift with, with AI and what that empowers us to do that the game changes not just it's already you know over the last um couple of years the amount of ai um uh, options and tools that have suddenly became come available um to the the general public has massively increased but also every day there are more developments that allow us to do stuff you know i was working with my engineering team and we were looking at a particular problem that um, our clients have and we were looking at how we could write something that would uh, utilize ai to solve that problem and we were reflecting on if we wrote that using standard code, it's the sort of thing that probably would have taken two, three weeks to write. And mm. instead we were talking about getting it done in like an afternoon. And that, that kind of absolute shift is, is pretty incredible. But I think the challenge for a lot of people is like, oh, but it's changing so quick or I can't even get my head around, you know, what, are, what is all this AI stuff? And is it gonna make a difference? And is it just a fad and, and so on? Um, and it's you know for for our customers, um, we wrote a guide which um, we've now made available uh, to to everyone. So if people want it, it's uh, the business leaders guide to using AI and ChatGPT. It's available at airmanual.link forward slash AI forward slash ebook. And that the intent of that was to cut through all the you know the hype and whatever and say actually how do you make practical use of this kind of stuff to yeah. be efficient and to um and what could uh, disrupt you know disrupt what you're doing and so on and i think for for project managers you know we've, we've been talking about there's various ways in which as a project manager you could use ai to create your project plan or to help you create a status report or yeah. or whatever it is like uh, to send uh, to write and send emails to people to chase project status reports or updates on what they're doing or clarity on what their blockers are or whatever. Those things that basically take up huge amounts of your time um, and are not particularly exciting, like the best parts of the job, right? The exciting parts are working out how, you know, how can I reduce this critical path and, oh, we've got this new constraints come in. and How can I make sure that I've got this difficult stakeholder that, da, da, like, that's where the that's... value app is. But doing or, yeah. doing those bits of bits and bobs around the edges like that stuff can be massively made more efficient and i think that's quite exciting in terms of what it means um where we can be spending our time yeah i think you're right i think i get a lot of frustration as i say there's two things moving there were two or three things moving moving the same information from one system to another um me manually doing it um uh, dealing with a a lot of these um non-essential tasks that actually the the value that I had as a squishy human being and as someone who has a relative level of emotional intelligence is about working with that stakeholder, getting to know them, understanding them and delivering what they really need and getting them to help me do that. And then with the team, it's the same thing. Ideally... I would have more time understanding those team members. But nine times out of ten, I'm just chasing them lead timesheet. Or yeah. with the customer, I'm just sending a, a rag status report to explain why something has happened, not yeah. 
or complaining that something and and all of these 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 tools and I think there's a lot of things where people is it going to replace my job? Well, yes, it is, but not mm. all of it. No. it um, I, I listen to a lot of writing um, uh, podcasts. Um, and a lot of authors are nervous or people like that about the fact that you've got ChatGPT can write you a lovely story, a lovely short story. They can write you a long story. And there's tools being used to um, uh, facilitate and, and augment people's writing. And it's going to happen. It's going to get used. Yep. Um, it's it's a, it's the next phase of Grammarly. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But with that, with that creativeness about it. And... But then it's going to be how you're going to do that because still you can't, you, at the moment, and I don't think it would get to that. You go, right, can you write me a story about something, please, that I can publish as a book to ChatGPT? That probably could, but it wouldn't produce something that would be there. The, that that right. pivotal element of that idea that you need to have as your idea, as you as a human, is the bit that where we add and then the same with that art the, what i would think of as the art bit the art of managing and understanding that stakeholders requirement understanding the team dynamic joining those two together and making that happen that's the power and agree at the moment and i'm wrong i can't see where um the ai and that sort of stuff does anything more than augment that capability there's still a core thing running through the middle that is us that has to be there yeah and and i think the way to look at it is it's a collaborative technology it's the thing yeah. i love about it and and the way to use it is that it has to be a back and forth like um i came across a piece of ai recently where you could take a you know youtube video for example of this conversation and you could use opus ai where you basically give it the link and it will create a series of short videos 30 40 50 seconds like you would create in headliner but it will essentially do that automatically by sort of looking at creating a trans uh, transcription picking the bits of content all that kind of stuff like basically going to save you having to spend that pocket money uh, I've noted that. pocket money so sorry that they've <laughs> lost their jobs on that but like but and, and that's great but the it's not picking the messaging to to put out there so it it doesn't know what are the key points that you're yeah. that are part of your brand or your yeah. values or or that link into an offer or whatever that you're making at the moment so it doesn't have that sophistication that's why it has to be collaborate uh, collaborative now opus is an example of a of an, a clever ai but one that um, doesn't yet provide that sort of back and forth, whereas ChatGPT is very, very clever AI that definitely does. And so you can create a book, as you say, by having that insight that you give. But um, a great example of that that relates to like project management and so on, be that right now there are add-ons that you can put into Google Sheets that allow you to essentially prompt uh, ChatGPT. Now, what that means is that you could say, right, um, uh, in a in a in a cell in a Google sheet, you could say, right, um, the these cells. I'm going to give you some data, which are the last, let's say, uh, five weeks of uh, what what might we use for project management, um, like burn down or uh, yeah. something like that. Right? We could use some kind of productivity metric, um, and uh, we could say, uh, write a sentence that summarizes any trend. 
And so it essentially would send that off as a query to ChatGPT and go, right, here's the data, and it'll give a trend. So it might say, yeah, it's currently trending downwards, da, 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 da. Now you could say, oh, but it's not smart enough to know that actually it said that it's going down and it's described it as being a good thing, but actually that particular metric, it needs to be going up for it to be a good thing. And act or actually, um, it's less about whether it's going up or down. What I want it to be is stable and consistency is important. It's like, but you can tell it that. Yeah. So you could put that yeah. into the, like, let's say- that you This is what's good, output. this is what's bad, this is what's okay. Exactly, yeah. so if you get output and you're like, oh, it's not very clever because it thinks this, it's like, great, tell it. So now you can say, okay, here's the numbers, da, da, da. Good, like ideally we're looking for consistency. However, if it's going to be not consistent, then going higher is better, going down, like you can set parameters and yeah. write that in normal language rather than have to do some really complex, like it can, uh, you know, if this and then that and all these sorts of things and, and conditional formatting, whatever. Instead, you could just tell it that and then it will write you your report. It'll write you your RAG status report and say, this is green and this is da da da. Like you could have it do that. Obviously there's work up front and you have to put your smarts in there and you need to review it to make sure that it makes sense yeah. because you don't want to just be chucking that out each week because when your boss <laughs> or the or the client says like this doesn't make sense to me you've said that this is like like it's the buck stops with you so you've still got to do the review you've still got to go and have the conversation and ultimately you want to spend a bit spending the time not on producing the report but on saying so what like yeah. so if you know if our product what do we do now okay, what can we do about this? You're like, that's where you want to be spending the time. And I think that's what all of this is about is it's a collaborative tool. It's, I think the temptation for some people is either to get one result out of it and go, that's amazing, and then not really work out how to build it into their day-to-day -day business like activities and processes, or to see it produce something poorly. Like we've all seen, perhaps seen images of AI produced images of people that don't look quite right, or the hand, you know, the hands aren't right, and there's too yeah, many the fingers. Extra fingers, yeah, yeah. You know, a good example like our um, ebook. Like the you'll see the image we've got of uh, the octopus. If you look at this on video, yeah. uh, this will make more sense. But for audio, like on the front of our guide, there's a picture of the octopus. Now we asked it for an octopus with some speech bubbles, and it does a fair job, but what do you notice about the octopus? It's got too many legs. <laughs> and that's because Midjourney, the AI tool, doesn't yeah. automatically understand that when you're doing an octopus, it should have eight legs. And so stuff like that um, means that some people throw it out. They go like, oh, but it doesn't, it doesn't understand this, it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, it's a collaboration tool. You have to go back and forth. In the same way as even a spelling or grammar checker doesn't get it right always. No. You know, it, it will try and correct people's names, company names, all these sorts of things. And you have to have the, the smarts yeah. and so on to go, no, 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 actually, in this case, ignore that. So, yeah, yeah I think there's lots of project managers in my project reports. Uh, project yeah, manager is, yeah, 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 project manager is one I use a lot for some reason because of my typing is so poor, but it doesn't get picked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's spelled perfectly. It's all those project managers where we keep our, yeah. uh, our baby projects. In. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and it, it is um it is fascinating and, and I've, i think the um it, it's one of these subjects which it, it, it's every, every other article in linkedin has got that on there nowadays and it's about the ai stuff and impact it's going to be massive and huge in there and obviously it, it, it and we talk about it here because it's it, from a project management point of view process is is something that can get in the way 
and it can be something that can enable the project. At the end of the day, the processes don't get the work done. People yeah. do. Yeah. And and sometimes, and I and I think from from our discussion, we'll talk about air manual a little bit now, if that's all right. And I know we're yeah. just coming up on the hour, so we're running quite quite well on this one. Um, it just the um something I noticed the other day that struck me is that there was a. Uh, a situation where you've got a process that's really well documented, lovely workflow, look great, fantastic. To the right management level, it looks like you've got processes in place. And then I was trying to use a process, and I was sitting there going, "Yeah, but well, what do I do?" Yeah, I said, "I know what needs to happen, but what do I do? What is the procedure?" for each of those process steps it sits sat yeah. underneath it and, and in this instance i couldn't find out where it was and that would, it struck me the thing that it, how often uh, uh and maybe an organization will go here's all our processes it's all fantastic we've just spent thousands of pounds on a consulting organization they've done us yeah. loads of visio diagrams we've now all got a license for visio um yeah we, we now now we can manage our business processes but then when you get someone comes in who doesn't understand what's going on and say yeah but how do i get what do I need to send John to get him to actually approve that? Or what do they need? In order? And those bits underneath. And and from our discussions and what I've regrained with Emmanuel, I think you kind of you you kind of drop down into that layer without it being yeah. a library full of Word documents Correct. that are kind of just put on a shelf and never looked at and never updated. And you've got this process flow that no one can find a Word document attached to it. And I get the feeling from talking to you that Air Manual does that. So a bit of a plug for Air Manual. Just tell us about how that works and how that helps people. Yeah, so that's a really good observation because I think what you're you're picking up there is really my biggest frustration back when I was a management consultant sorting out processes for yeah. big companies because that's exactly what I'd do. You know, it'd be brown paper on the wall and moving the post-it notes around to work out what the optimal process would be. And then I'd take that away. And in the evening, I'd then type that up into some Visio diagrams or case-wise or whatever it was, maybe even PowerPoint if, uh, if they decided they didn't want to use those tools. And then we'd you know, print that in A0 and go, get it laminated or whatever, and it goes up on the wall. And exactly yeah. as you say, like you've got that high-level process, but then how do you make sure that people do it? And when you bring someone else into the organization and say, right, yeah, you're, you're in charge of, let's say, working with finance processes, it's like you're in charge of making, doing the procurement stuff and procuring. Like, it, when it's at a high level, it's very difficult to actually know, but what do I do and, and the steps? Yeah. And so it takes a long time for people to get up to speed. And even then, they don't do things quite right and things are done inconsistently and there's mistakes and whatever. And yet, in theory, we've got this really efficient process that's stuck on the wall, but for some reason we don't seem to have reduced the amount of headcount that it takes to do it. And I think that's that's the problem is, you know, you have a similar thing with like stage gates in projects. We're working with um, a division of uh, Sony where they had got this project team who had got these stage gates of a particular uh, project process, which is fantastic. You know, you want these milestones so that you're not work, you know, working on things that haven't been approved and so on. But the problem was that they didn't have the detail clarity on what are the series of things that need to happen so that you can get to a point that you get approval to go to the next step. And so everything was either sloppy or painful. 
because either it was sloppy because it's kind of like, well, you know, we haven't produced all these things, but yeah, I mean, this is a priority project anyway, so let's just start. And yet, actually, we haven't technically produced this project plan or agreed or re-reviewed this project plan with the client or the internal yeah. like stakeholder. And as a result, guess what? It bites us on the bum, you know, months later when we've spent so much time developing it. Or it was frustrating because you'd have key stakeholders that are just basically pushing these project managers back and saying, no, I can't approve this. And yet the project manager is not even clear what they need to do. And so what we did, exactly as you say in Air Manual, we kind of bridged that gap. So in Air Manual, you can create your high level, you know, create your outline of here's the processes that I have in this area. So for example, project management, here's the, as a project manager, here's the high level processes that I have, how to recommend a project, how to provide a status update, but also how to manage a project end to end through these five stage gates, right? So you'd, you'd have those, but then crucially you can add essentially infinite levels of further detail where needed. You don't want to add it just, you know, everywhere, yeah. like where needed. But in Air Manual, it, con it essentially concertinas it so that, um, you know, you click to expand and click to expand, which means that I can look at, the, you know, this particular project management process. I can look at it and see it on one screen, like one page, if you like. I can see the entire thing. Yeah. But then I can click and I can open up the, let's say, the agree project proposal stage. And I can see that's made of six steps. And one of the steps is to um, capture the requirements from the, uh, into the stakeholders and I can click on that and it expands that and I can see exactly what are the steps that are expected of me as a project manager when I'm capturing that that input and what are the you know and I can click on a little help content of suggested questions to ask or when I get to the question on what's the impact this will have there's a little help content that goes what if the what if the stakeholders struggling to quantify the impact like and there's a little thing that explains all that but I don't need all of that detail when I'm trying to just see what are the five stage yeah. gates or, you know, the, or, or one level detail. And that's the key difference. Like what we found when, back when I was a process consultant, we'd create these Visio maps and then you'd create a load of Word documents, which were work instructions. Problem is that they don't marry up and, and so on. So if I change one, uh, yeah. you know, the Visio one, it's then now a massive load of work to change the Word documents and so on. Plus the Word documents were like 60 pages and no one likes looking at them. You can't follow them like to do the work because you go off and do something else and you come back and go, where was I? Was I on page 32 yeah. or 40? Like you spend more time doing that and you go, oh, I might as well just, I'll, I'll just do it from memory. Like I think it, I think I need next need to do this. And so we created Air Manual as a tool that means that it's faster to do the work using the checklist. Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, it's a bit like, I've got a, a funny example. My kids, age seven and nine, they have got a checklist that they use every Sunday to get their bags ready for school for the week ahead. So that's getting the swimming kit ready, getting their PE kit, their games kit, getting the snacks in the bag, making sure their book, their bags got their their books, their pencil case, their water bottle, all these sorts of things. Super easy to forget any one of those, right? Including for me as an adult. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and so it makes sense and it's helpful to have a checklist. And of course, they've done it lots of times, so you can use memory. But the key is, it has to be faster to use it. And that's what the big insight that we had for Air Manual was like. You need to remove the friction because as soon as there's the friction around, oh, I have to open the Word document and then I have to find the various bits and whatever, suddenly it's like it's, you've lost already. Like that's a team member who's yeah. just going to avoid doing that wherever possible. And so that's why we, we kind of created Air Manual to be 
to remove all of that friction, make it super easy to use. And as a result, like, you know, my team members, when they do you know, stuff in, in their normal day-to-day role, so for example, my salespeople, when they're on discovery calls with customers, they're using a checklist live on the call, collecting data as part of it. In fact, you mentioned earlier about like we talked when we were talking about freeing up our times using systems one of the things that we were just in the process of releasing and adding is automations which means that one thing that my team do they follow the checklist on a discovery call and at the yeah. end they click complete checklist and it sends the data into the crm and sends a message in slack you mentioned that you hate copying and pasting between systems like that's an example where we winds took, me up <laughs> yeah and we took the follow-up from a discovery call from an hour down to less than 10 minutes by putting that in place and but the key is that that wouldn't work if the team didn't feel comfortable using the checklist for every single sales call every single yeah. discovery call that they have they use the checklist to do it and that's the difference like you can't you wouldn't expect that from someone with a word document you wouldn't expect them no. to be like yeah i'm going to use this word document every single time so yeah so that's why why we created air manual was because essentially we'd had that pain in our own businesses had solved it using a, or sort of partly solved it using a mix of tools that was messy and you know you mentioned like your own coding and how it was all a bit heath robinson yeah. that's kind of how it used to be for us until we kind of built air manual to, to solve that problem and now we get to work with you know, loads of organizations to help them sort of solve these problems um without having to go through all the pain <laughs> and suffering yeah. that, that we put our the teams through frankly <laughs> Yeah, I, it just yeah, it sounds it, it sounds ideal, and it's that sort of thing that you want within a project. You want that um, within an organisation, really, don't you? And I suppose it's it's how you can do that. But I think I think is a key thing is even if the organisation doesn't fit into that, getting new tools because obviously getting new tools and organisation is different. But taking that mindset of, and I like the way that you describe that is that kind of thing where. Um, meeting the person where they're at mm. and kind of you know, if you've got someone who is in front of their laptop is on a on a mobile phone and this is part of, to do with the communication channels in general but if you're making something that someone can it, that there's no barrier to entry for it it's yeah. easy to do and that's why I, I, I over the years i've been trying to look at different things of automating using my um echo to be able to just um uh put it on my multiple to-do lists put an action on there that would end up flowing through to whichever one whether it be my personal my work email but having the, the getting things done concept of trying to get mm. one place of tasks to do um I, I i just want to because what i want to be able to do depending on what i've got in my hand or what i'm stood by i want to use that device now, whether it's an audio device, whether it's a, a, a the phone or whether it's if I'm driving and I can't touch that or I'm on a laptop or or I'm in a, yeah. I'm in an internet kiosk in Havana. Which I, yeah, just I, I want to be in a position where there's nothing going to stop me hmm. and accessing and nothing's going to stop me interacting with my management techniques and tools for me. And I, I kind of got part way there in different things. Um, yeah, it's now half past nine. It's yeah. late for you, I know, and you've got young children. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to get them up in the morning. Um, uh, is there? I think we we can, we can wrap it. Here. I'm sure that we, we could have another chat at, uh, yeah. in twelve or eighteen I'm months, yeah. and everything will have changed. Um, and uh, from a point of view of AI and all that sort of stuff, so we, yeah. could, we could go out now. And there's better be new stuff. 
Um, but if there is one thing you'd want to say to the project project management community that's listening to the podcast about your sort of view on that productivity, about on that improving delegation or, or, or on air manual, what's the one thing you'd like to say to them? Yeah, so I'd say that if you want to get great performance and consistent results, then you need that clarity, that certainty around the right way to do things. And ultimately that comes down to having your documented you know, processes, your project management process and so on. Like, and project managers get this, right? They, they know that, yep, doing certain things in project management gets you better results. And I think the more that you can make sure that those steps, that clarity is documented and uh, that gives you incredible power. It gives you the power to make sure that things are done consistently. It makes you possible to make it more efficient, either by delegation, simplification, automation, using AI and so on. Um, But it also can give you a bit of sanity as well because you're ultimately able to see what needs to be done and go through that process of identifying where's my low value, medium value, high value tasks so that you're consistently saying, like even if there is a process that does make sense that it's you, even having it documented at the moment at least means that you can do it more efficiently, you can improve it, you can be confident that some someday maybe you'll hand it over, but right now it's fine. But it, it means that you've kind of got that roadmap, roadmap for it. So I think that would be my key takeaway for people is to uh, ultimately look at where you're spending your time um, challenge that and make sure that you're making time for what might uh, for what matters most brilliant uh, if people want to uh, find out more want to get in touch with you whatever what's the best way to get on you yeah sure so um, for information about air manual specifically so you can find the air manual at airmanual.co uh, there's a few resources that I mentioned including um, our guide on AI and ChatGPT and how to like get to grips with it as an airmanual.link forward slash AI forward slash ebook. We um, also have a, a brochure about AI, uh, about um, Air Manual, about our approach and a four stage approach that makes delegation and, and so on much easier and how you can use processes to reduce mistakes, um, get onboarding of employees really fast and all these sorts of things. People can find that at airmanual.link forward slash discover. Uh, from there, you can also then, I think there's a link on the back of the brochure to uh, to arrange a call with, with our team. So I highly recommend those. Um, uh, I do also run a regular webinar on how to free up 15 hours a week and unlock growth. So for anyone who's a you know, leader in the organization, project manager in the organization, looking to, to help the organization to free up time, people can check that out at airmanual.co forward slash webinar. Uh, or airmanual.link forward slash webinar, both work for that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then connecting with me, like connect with me on social media, Alexis Kingsbury. Uh, I am particularly active on LinkedIn, but you can find me on most of the other forums as well. Um, yeah, or you can email me at alexis.kingsbury at airmanual.co, but know that it's not going into my inbox. <laughs> it's managed by my team. Uh, yeah, uh, but you're welcome to reach out, uh, you know, if you uh, want to explore collaboration, uh, learn more about how partner and so on. But uh, uh, but yeah, so I'd love for people to reach out. And social media is a great place to do that. Like if you've if you found this useful, share a key takeaway on social media, tag me in. I will see it. It's the best way of reaching of connecting with me. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Alexis. And um, yeah, 
have a fantastic rest of your evening. Uh, and yeah, thanks very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for having me here, Nigel. Brilliant. Cheers. Well, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alexis. Um, if you jump in the show notes, you can get along to uh, Emmanuel and uh, uh, get access to uh, their um, uh, tools and techniques, which uh, looks great. Some great stuff there, and um, I had a great demo from uh, one of Alex Alexis's team uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, can really see how it could benefit. So, uh, jump along there, have a go, and uh, well, speak soon. See you then. Bye. So this is my final wrap up. Every week you're going to hear this. You're going to get bored of it, but you can always click next podcast if so. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you've listened to this podcast to the end of this uh, show and you think that was great, I'd love to be able to help Nigel. out. Um, there are loads of ways you can do it. Um, the, the first and, and obvious way is to um, share the podcast. Send it out to people. Um, if you if you know colleagues and friends who'd benefit from it, you think they'd enjoy it, just send them the link. Grab one of the links send, or send them to www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. That's ni- www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. And that will push them over to a, um, a link tree link and it's got all of the different ways they can consume the, the podcast. Uh, if you are feeling generous and have a big bag of cash, you could grab a copy of one of my books. Obviously, um, uh, they're available in all the usual places, and print and, and, and digital. Again, jump on the website, www.nigelcreaser.com slash shop, and that will give you a list of all the different ways that you can contribute um, and, and grab copies of the book. Also got... Um, links to all my guests' books on there as well, where I get a little bit of a kickback from them. Um, if you are of a sporting mind, um, I have a number through doing some of my um, judo and, and running uh, antics. Uh, I've managed to secure a few um, uh, affiliate links and affiliates uh, there as well. So in there, somewhere in the sponsors page, there's links to those as well. So clicking onto those and grabbing uh, your if you're with it if you're looking to uh, get super fit then that would be fabulous as well and i get a little kickback from those uh, i have a patreon account it's patreon.com slash sunday lunch pm uh, so again you can ping something in there buy me a coffee or whatever and finally obviously the most important is coming back coming back listen again um because uh the more of you that come back uh the more uh, visibility I get because there's more times that it's downloaded and all the SEO works and things like that. So, yeah, that's it. So, uh, if you can help me out, I would be much appreciated. If you can't, don't worry about it. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye. Introduction
Hi, and welcome to Project Manager Productivity Hacks. Why write another book on productivity hacks? Are there not enough of them already? The trigger was my interview with Sarah M. Hoban for my podcast, The Sunday Lunch Project Manager Podcast. Plug, plug. Find out more at www.nigelcreaser.com slash Sarah M. Hoban. We talked about improving productivity for project managers, and during the conversation I recalled that a while ago I started a blog post in which I plan to share some ideas that I have used in my career to improve my productivity and get out of the office that little bit earlier. Over the years I have shared these with others, and almost every time I received a positive and enthusiastic response. Having rekindled the idea, I sat down and noted 11 hacks, tips, shortcuts, whatever you want to call them, that I have used over the years. Why 11? Well, it's one more than 10. This book goes up to 11. One for the Spinal Tap fans. I see productivity as remarkably similar to an exercise program. We all start off with good intentions, and some of the changes work great for us and others don't. Some changes stick and become part of our daily life, whereas others are just a real chore. Even the ones we found that work well for us and are straightforward to implement can, under certain circumstances, end up being dropped by us. Sometimes this happens consciously, and sometimes little by little over time. Whether building healthier habits or improving our productivity, it's not just a case of making the changes, and we are done. It takes repeated work. If you find them hard to implement, then they may not be for you in your current situation. If you start using them and end up letting them drift, then start again. Improving our productivity is something many of us strive to achieve, aiming for some kind of efficiency nirvana. Let me tell you, it ain't gonna happen. Perfection is a myth. Give yourself a break. It's a bit like yoga, you can't win at yoga, no matter how bendy you get, you can always be bendier, that's the same with personal productivity, you can't win at productivity, you can always be productivier. Ed, is that a word? I have not always been able to apply these hacks successfully, but that is not a reflection of the hacks themselves, it is more about my ability to stick with them even though I know they work. One last point, as with your fitness regime, trying to make loads of changes at once can spell disaster. I recommend that once you have a read of these hacks, choose one that excites you, maybe not excites but seems to resonate, and have a go at it. Once it is second nature to you, move on to the next one that spoke to you. If you find that the first one was not for you, then bin it. Choose another and try that one out, then rinse and repeat. So on with the hacks.